Shall we begin? This is Jackie Smith, and you are listening to Keep It Magic Radio with myself and my co-host Storm Sestivani. Spend a little time with us in the next hour to charge up your week, find new approaches to the same old issues, and smile at the ridiculousness of life. Storm and I push the spiritual status quo, and we challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone to help you take your magic to the next level. Keep It Magic Radio is sponsored by Coventry Creations, where no matter what your problem, money, love, protection, maybe a bit of motivation, we have a candle for that. Now open your mind and get ready to expand your life with Storm and Jackie. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Keep It Magic. I'm Storm Sestivani, and of course, I'm here with the lovely, talented, gifted, I guess, act-a-witch. Is that a new word? Uh, you've just made it one. I just made one. Act-a-witch, Miss Jackie Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Not activist, act-a-witch. Miss um, Jackie Smith. Um, and uh, we um, want you to cruise on over to Facebook and check us out there until the Keep It Magic website is fixed. Um, so you can get Jackie Smith, Smith at Coventry Creations just in the little search box type in Coventry Creations and you can get me at um, astrogossip forward uh, facebook.com forward slash astrogossip will bring you there but you can like our pages you can follow us on Twitter you can um, find us just about anywhere um, uh, so make sure that you go out and do that. Um, Jackie how are you doing? How am I doing? I am doing actually quite well. Um, life is really good. I'm good. super grateful for everything that, that has been presented to me, blessings and, and lessons at the same time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if I if I complained, I should be ashamed. I mean, there's lots of things that are annoying. and Most and, of which is on cable TV. I know. <laughs> We're turning into a religious show. By the time this show airs, I'm just curious as to what else is going to happen. I like yeah. how you said act a witch. Um, <laughs> in the last show we talked about how... Um, how uh, you know we're we're going to be changing some format, changing what we do, mm-hmm. um, moving away from the the podcast format and into something else, and and why? And one of the, I was thinking about that, and one of the reasons why I know I need to change what we're doing is because because I am becoming more and more of an act witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that name. I'm just going to keep. I mean, you just came She's up with it. Steal it now. Uh, David Salisbury is going to love this. Storm <laughs> <laughs> just made a new word. <laughs> right, as, as is a couple of other buddies of ours. Devin is going to love it, too. Um, so I'll let you create the graphic. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe that's going to be a new Witches Union patch. Yeah, Act a Witch, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but, yeah, that's, that's something that is um, on my heart and mind. And really what it is, is is maintaining and holding the space and energy for for equality and freedom of religion um, while we figure out that, yes, that's what we really want. <laughs> well, you, you, know, you know, just for, for, for me, Jackie, watching, you know, um, the news over the past couple of weeks, of course there was the um, uh, shoved-through vote of um, Trump care. Um, 
Um, and then, of course, the, the FBI firing of Director Comey. Um, I think it's even gone beyond the um, the partisan at this particular point. This is just that shit crazy. Right. <laughs> I don't care if they take us off the air. <laughs> this, is just, this is bad shit crazy. It's getting into crazyville, and I don't know how anybody in their right mind can Locking continue. the press? Yeah. From from um, uh, events that press normally attends. Yeah, I, I don't know how anybody in their right mind can continue to defend this. Please help me understand how they can well, do it. Well, you know, when they're calling it, and the people that I'm watching going, "Good for them," that's fake news. I'm like, but they let the Russians in. But isn't fake news just anything that he doesn't agree with? True, but there's there is a huge contingency of people who are believing um, that are like, it's fake news, all this fake news, and they hate Trump, so they're just saying this. I'm like, yeah. Um, there's pictures. I mean, did they fake the pictures? Yeah. Okay. Um, some people are saying that absolutely. Um, well, no, no. What I'm saying is they didn't let that other press, the, the U.S. press and the American press in because we're not, they of all the fake news people. But the Russian press is okay, right? Which is funny because it's state controlled, and and what's interesting is is that um, you know I'm kind of getting off on a little tangent and a political tangent, and we mm-hmm. we weren't going to do that, but whatever. Um, what are they going to do? Take us off the air. So, <laughs> so if you look at at the state controlled news, only what the leaders want out get out. But if you look at it is one of it's in our freaking constitution that we have a free press, and it is the free press that have called out so many things that that as Americans we did not want to have happen. Um, who Watergate was was found out about by the press, and and everyone's all of a sudden, well now they're they're comparing Trumpgate to Watergate. Um, and then, um, but even the Vietnam War, um, that was brought to you, the, the atrocities and things were brought to you by the press. What I find funny in this whole Comey thing, Jackie, is this spin. Are you ready for it? Wait for it. Hmm. Well, it has changed five times since he was fired, by the way. Right. Um, and and now, knows what's going to happen by the time the show and, ends. And as of the time of recording of this show, which Jackie and I are recording right now on May the 11th, 2017, and it is 4.23 in the afternoon on the East Coast as we're recording right now. Mm-hmm. Um, holla to all you people who are listening, listening at a different time. We love you all. Morning, noon, and night. Listen to us all the time. Lots of archives, almost over 200 shows. You've got lots to listen to. But anyways, now he has changed his thing again. But originally, Jackie, it was because they found that Hillary Clinton was treated unfairly. <laughs> what? Yes, his original reason, the original reason from the deputy district attorney, or not district attorney, attorney general. Right. Oh, yeah. And and did you hear that the, att- the deputy attorney general is now saying, don't don't bring me into this, I'll quit. Yeah, he's now threatening to quit, okay. Um, in, in this deputy... Attorney General has been on the job since um, since Bush. So this is not an Bush o- one, yeah. Yeah, this is not an Obama holdout, and he's saying no, not me. I didn't say that. Well, I know it's it's hilarious with with Comey, and, and again, I, I'm curious to see what actually is going on by the time this show airs. But the my my absolute point is is that if you think about the press, the press is the press 
are the folks who told the tale of the concentration camps. Mm-hmm. The press are the ones who brought the news over from Europe to get us into World War II. The, I mean, the, it, 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 and the press isn't perfect, and yeah. I, I'm annoyed with them for so many other reasons. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that that's part of being American. Exactly. And that's part of what makes us great. Uh, exactly, up to this point, you know, and um, so that's a really important piece to me. But you know, I just wanted to flip it around to something yeah. that, that I've been struggling with this whole process, this whole year, which is personal power. Yeah. Because I was starting to feel like I didn't have any again. Mhm. And um. And uh, and through all this, I've talked to many people who are are feeling very powerless and uh and 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 the challenge that they're all facing in all this i I'm, I'm how, how and you, are you seeing a certain thread or a certain theme that comes out in in the people that you talk with hopelessness um it's too much what what are they feeling hopeless about um, they start to feel an overwhelming hopeless like um so the extreme are the people who just things are it's not worth it. They're getting really depressed and and things are just not worth it. Powerlessness is maybe some of it too. It's like um, people over what over um, the grander parts of life, like all the political scene, as well as um, they're watching people's attitudes change and people get meaner, and then they bring it into their their um, smaller. Uh, targeted part of their life and and feeling like they don't have a um they're feeling a little helpless now do you think that it, it, it what it is really coming down to is that individual ideals of what the American dream is and what the American dream is supposed to look like, which the American dream I think is what kind of is the um, the engine of um, American hopefulness mm-hmm. um, and American power. Do you think that that's what they're becoming disenchanted with, or they? I like that. Changing? I like that you said that because I'm going to say yes. I wasn't going to go there, but I'm going to agree with you on on some fronts. You talk to these um, youngsters, even oldsters, who are going to college, and and them say, like I said, girl, just say what you want to. What they going to do? Kick us off the air? We leave it in four more episodes. <laughs> Say what you want. Um, Let it fly. <laughs> so, so the the um, going to college and and the the lack of loans or or how the the loans are changing and their fears around that. I mean, I'm watching my daughter do that. Just mm-hmm. just um, like mom, there's no way. I don't know if I get loans right now, what's going to happen? Because she's seeing the writing on the wall of of them. Um, you know, just just the. Amazing demand. Next thing you know, they're going to create debtor's prison again. But because um, um, right now you can't go to jail for being in debt. You yeah. can go into jail for defrauding. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you can't go to jail for being in debt. You won't be able to get more credit. But um, that that's the big thing is that um, uh, that that type of hopelessness or, or powerlessness so um 
So it's that they have seen that the idealism of the trajectory of their particular life or what it is that they've envisioned it to be has radically been altered. The other thing that I've been seeing over the past 90 days is an upsurge in that bullying, mm-hmm. um, spiritual bullying. Define. Talk to me about this. So even, even – I want receipts. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm – well, we've – We've been seeing, as I stutter, um, different videos coming out because now it's so easy to take a video on our phone mm-hmm. of people being irrational and bullying others just like in Kmart mm-hmm. on the beach, being really weird about things and people going off their freaking rocker. And then um, even in some things happening in schools, even in uh, one of the local schools, this kid who has got major mental health issues, because I was checking into it with people I know, mental health issues. um, And I'm not going to say they're untreated. I'm just saying this kid has a lot of major mental health issues. He came Uh to school with a noose in his backpack Uh. and was waving it at people. But then I'm also seeing an uptick in spiritual bullying, and, and, and you know, granted, a lot of this is social media because we're all in each other's face about it, but people cor- trying to correct each other's spiritual paths. Last, um, last show we talked about, yeah, thanks for um, anybody who wants to kind of give me hints on, on this new workout thing that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Keep it to yourselves. I'm not interested. I we like tips. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> want any of those. If you can give those to Storm, I'm not interested. I got a guy. <laughs> so... Um, but but in the um, I'm watching people post different things about things that they're learning in their spiritual path or how they feel about things. But then I'm watching people post stuff very aggressively. If you're not like this, then forget about you. And then um, and then all this arguing going on. Well, that's not the proper way to shuffle a tarot deck, and um, or whatever. You're lighting your candle wrong. How do you light the candle wrong? I don't know. I, I think the only way to light a candle wrong is to not use flame. Uh, um, yeah. Because <laughs> that gets what's not lit. Um, so, so I'm just watching this this spiritual bullying going back and forth, and and people being protective and aggressive about it. Um, but then, even, not even in social media, I'm also watching it. Um, and I have clients coming to talk to me about it in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That um, it's a subtle. Some some of it's very blatant, and some of it's really subtle. Um, and and where it it it, it um, tears you down, and then that's when you start to feel hopeless and powerlessness, because but a bully doesn't come from a place of power. A bully comes from a place of powerlessness. Absolutely. So um, they're afraid more than you are, and that's why they're coming out swinging, because they have been hurt bad. And they know if they don't come out, if they, in their head, if they don't come out swinging, they're going get, to get hurt again. Yeah. So uh, this is this is the things, the stress going on that I see happening. And um, and hopefully what I'm also seeing is people saying, enough, stop it, cut it out. We're not having that. And um, and that's that. That's what we were talking about, self-awareness last last show. I think that's kind of where it's cut. That that personal empowerment, that personal power, uh-huh. um, comes from a place of self-awareness. How am I behaving towards other people? Um, it's it, it's it's been a theme for a long time because I think there is this theory, Jackie. Um, 
uh, it's called the contingent theory, and it's a psychological theory, and it is where the where it became, I guess, um, well known. Okay, was back in uh, I think it was '92. I was living in Los Angeles at the time of the Rodney King um, uh, verdict, and um, basically. You know what? Of course, there was no internet at that particular time, girl. Um, but anyways, you know there were um, police officers in that were being tried in a white district in by white people and all this other stuff, and they found um, uh, certain police officers not guilty of brutalizing Rodney King. Um, and what resulted was riots in Los Angeles, which started by one kid that picked up a brick, Jackie, and threw it through a car window um, as the guy was driving down um, uh, one of the major um, streets during rush hour. Um, and basically what happened is it was kind of like the, uh, uh, you know, the match strike um, that uh, that caused the explosion and become the riots. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, when people, I think, um, start to feel powerless um, and they start to feel that their light has gone out, okay, um, or that they don't have any um, any options in their, their uh um, you know, that they're resigned to just, you know, having to suffer in an oppressed sort of way um, uh, through life, okay, that people start to gather up into these particular groups. Um, and it is how something like um, Nazism um, uh, and, uh, you know, which most people don't know, a lot of people think that, that the Nazis were a political party. Okay, they weren't. It was a labor union. Um, and basically, uh, you know, that that's how it started. And you had uh, a lot of people in Germany that were unhappy with, of course, losing World War One, and the particular amount of economic devastation that occurred in Germany as a result of uh, of um, losing World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of it, jobs were not readily available. People were underemployed. People were suffering. People were going through all of this stuff. But, you know, Jackie, one of the things that I have seen, I don't know if this is going on in your particular area, um, I'm seeing, like, for, from the jobs issue, um, I'm there everywhere I go, Jackie, now, thank God I can get out of the house now. That's all i got to say. Um, but it, anyways, when I go all the time, if I go to a restaurant, um, um, to get takeout, if I go to um, the department store, even the grocery store, I'm seeing help wanted signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm like, why are these people saying that there's no jobs when I see them all over the place? And I am starting to wonder if they, if it is just people don't want these jobs or that it is just undesirable jobs. Um, do they not want to be the cashier at the grocery store? Um, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what that is, and I'll let you answer that in a second. But I think that all of these particular things add up to these particular um, uh, fissures that seem to be occurring all over the place at this particular point, right. which I will be honest, I've kind of shut them out. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can. Um, it, it becomes too much and, and hard to deal with. So, so you know, without getting into a huge socioeconomic, um, uh-huh. gross domestic product kind of conversation, um, 
a couple things happen is that the middle class jobs have been disappearing. Uh-huh. And the middle class jobs are the um union um manufacturing jobs, the um uh store managers, the you know, the, it's just it's you're not an exec, you're not um but you're not a waitress. Yeah. And, and so but we were taught our generation specifically was taught that what do you want to be a waitress when you grow up? You better get to school. You better do this. You better do that. And all of these jobs, what are you just going to be a plumber? You know, these jobs were were degraded mm-hmm. as as not important. And so we and it's continuing to be that way in the the millennial generation. Again, it's like this job is beneath them. They're not going to take this job. I have a a dozen friends who are restaurant owners, mm-hmm. and they are having the darndest time finding employees. Um they've upped how much they're paying, their et cetera, et cetera. So so we as a society are gonna have to change our perception on these things and we're gonna have to change our value of them. Jackie, I don't know and it may be because we're not from that generation. Mm-hmm. But this is the way that I look. Before I'm not gonna be able to pay my my bills, girl, I'll be the crew chief at the McDonalds. But but you gotta remember that the the millennial, the the, the Gen Y, that the, they're younger now, they're just starting to hit to their thirties, mm-hmm. and and the Gen Z that's coming in now, their parents are telling them, it's okay, honey, just stay here and do this internship job, um, and and I'll support you rather than go get the crew chief job or the just the the fry guy job. To pay your bills, did you see? Have you seen that HBO um, series called Girls? No. Um, I have seen the first fifteen minutes of the first show, and I was just so put off I couldn't watch it. Some people love it, so I went to go watch it. And the and the the opening of the show is a twenty six year old girl who's had nothing but internships, and her parents are finally cutting her off financially, and she's appalled by it. And I'm like, yeah, I can't. I just this. Mm-mm. Beat her down. <laughs> uh, just I watch, I watch. You know, my daughter struggle with. I mean, I, I'm not a rich woman. I, I'm not. I'm not giving my kid a free ride to school. I, I have owned my own business. That usually means you're poor, <laughs> and you have no savings. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, there's no college fund for this kid. So and she's a little mad at me, but that's okay. Um, but that's that is. That is what's been happening, and why there's still waitressing jobs and cook jobs and stuff open. That, and and um, just met this one gentleman who has a, a sandwich shop. He's opening up his third, and he said, out of all of his sandwich shops, he has two high school high school students, no college students, and everyone else is um, folks that maybe have retired, uh-huh. um, or are just you know. It, it just it, we we don't value that job anymore, and we we're teaching our kids not to go and and do that job. That they have to do all these sports and all these extracurricular activities and not work and not have the after school job. Um, but don't we value it when we get into the line to order through the drive through? Well, yeah, but um, but I'm not going to work there, you know. And I'm saying that with air quotes. Yeah. Um. So it's it's we're going to have to shift. If that's what we want, I mean, I know a restaurant who he cut his hours way down. He doesn't offer lunch and he doesn't stay home and late because he can't get staff. Because uh-huh. until I can get that staff and that the staff in train, I can't, 
I can't expand my hours. Now, you, know what? You, ha- you have a small business, Jackie. Mm-hmm. Do you suffer through the same thing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I do. And um, Because candle pouring is beneath people, right? <laughs> some folks, yeah. But um, we have actually a pretty good program. So when we post it, it's, we have had to get very crafty and um, interesting in our job postings. I mean, it's not like, you know, this is a rock and roll job. We'll pay you to just show up. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is who we are. This is what we do. If you want to work somewhere where, where what you do means something, you know. And then we have a, an onboarding interview process, an onboarding process, and a retention process. Mm-hmm. And, and creating a great working environment for people. And I have folks of all ages here doing that. Including Rebecca. <laughs> and she's about to move on. My daughter's about to move on. And, and, and I want her to go find her own path and her own work experience mm-hmm. and, um, and check out how the world is. And, uh, and she's, she's going for it. She worked for me for a little while, and now she's going to move on, which I'm glad for because, y- you know, you got to yeah. go figure out what, what work environments are like without your mom being in the next room. Yeah. Now, she wants to come back in 20 years and own Coventry. You're all down for it. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but now go, go. <laughs> yeah. I, and I adore that girl. I adore that girl, and I'm excited for her and what she's got. She's smart. You know, you know what we should do, Jackie? I think that we should ask the question of what is creating this particular um, disenchantment and see what we can get through the cards. What do you think about that? I'm for it. You want to go first? Yeah, I can. It's interesting. I got um, the Nine of Pentacles, um, which is... <laughs> It's not the ten, <laughs> um, and um, the hierophant. Um, so it's kind of interesting. Um, the nine of pentacles, of course, is um, you know the mythological figure that I associate with the nine of pentacles is Circe. Um, you know who is on her island, and it is um, uh, you know fertile and abundant, and you know she has all of these little sorceresses that are on the island with her, and um, uh, you know she has her you know uh, carrier pigeon. Actually, it's a falcon. Um, you know, um, which is indicative of the the eye seeing eye of God, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it is a card about finding finances in many ways. Um, and luxury and the culmination of a lot of effort that has been put in in cards one through eight, okay, of, of mm-hmm. the pentacles. Um, and then you have the hierophant, which is interesting considering what we were just talking about, which is about those belief systems. Um, uh, it is about um, uh, coming to to learn something in some form of uh, uh, of, of way in which in, you know many tarotists believe that they be, it's something that where a rigid structure has been um, uh, kind of uh, encircled around that. Okay, mm-hmm. um, you know the ideal of you know I'm too good to work at Wendy's. Um, I'm too good to work at Subway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, those particular idealisms that these particular jobs are um, 
uh, beneath them. Uh, you know, I, again, and I, I discussed this in in the last show that we did when um, I was asking the question, "What do we? What do uh, to do when when life happens?" And you know, the answer was basically live your life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I think in many ways that. Uh, um, and and I also talked about the glamorization of the life vision. You know, we're all at 18, you know, having the particular vision of what it is that our life is supposed to look like. You know, and part of the midlife crisis, you know, which happens around 40 to 42, is the realization that that whole belief system was just a bunch of nuttery. <laughs> and you become depressed, okay? <laughs> you didn't get it. Um, uh, most people don't get it. Um, um, and therefore, and those that did, um, I think, paid such a, a high price for it. Um, you know, and, and I think that the idealization of what it is that we think life is about leads to, because if you think about it, Jackie, the nine of, uh, of pentacles next to the hierophant, this is a little glamorous to me. Again, a very glamorous type of image, um, mm-hmm. in which almost the glamour of the uh, of the nine of pentacles of that you know nice, comfortable life where you don't have to worry about anything, and you know you've already got what it is that you need to get, and there's mm-hmm. you know you don't have to worry about getting any more. Your belief system has now wrapped around all that, okay? Um, uh, and and I think that you're right. I think that we have to, in many ways, change what it is that we think, um, uh, or or what it is that we prioritize at this particular uh, at this particular point. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's, it, here's the interesting thing too. Think about um, the call to raise the minimum wage. Uh-huh. Okay. So one of the things that people are terrified about raising the minimum wage is that um, our stuff will cost too much. Mm-hmm. Well, look what's happening right now. Different jobs are having to raise their rate of pay to get people to work it mm-hmm. over and over and over again. They're, that's just what they have to do. And um, I, I look at, um, again, I know many folks who um, – um, who have, have different businesses who are having a hard time finding that person and they're having to get craftier to attract that right person. But they're also bringing up their rate of pay. Um, now, you're a business owner. Does that mean usually an increase in price? Yeah, it does. And that's what I'm watching happen. And um, I'm watching um, it, if you're going to eat out, it's going to cost because they got to f- pay the people to make the food, to serve the food, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that, all that stuff is going up. Um, and and so this this um, capitalist economy that says no no no, we can't afford this because people will just go ever, anywhere else. Um, that's not quite happening. It's not quite happening. People are turning to smaller batch stuff and turning to if if it's a a pair of if it's a pair of athletic socks they don't care, but if it's the pair of socks that they're going to wear to work they're going to get this better quality and blah 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 you know it just uh-huh. it, it, it's it's changing the game um we are changing we always have to evolve storm we're yeah. not we're we are not as a society gonna lay down and take it so this whole process you know, now i pulled from the coventry oracle uh-huh. the coventry magic oracle the card i pulled was tornado alley oh lord <laughs> right so really we're 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 in the tornado. We're not even in the eye of the storm. Yeah. We're in the tornado. Everything's getting shook up. 
um, it reminds me of, uh, let's say, I started my business in 92, and then um, in the, towards the, the end of the 90s, the whole dot-com era, I couldn't find employees. Uh-huh. I'm serious. I could not find people to hire. I would put out an ad, and I would get, like, crickets. Or I would get people who really weren't looking for a job. <laughs> like like the last job on their on their thing was like seven years ago and they don't return your phone call when you call them in for an interview. Uh-huh. Um, it reminds me of that because um, during that era, um, our generation was w- so employed. Uh-huh. We were overemployed. There was there was underemployment issues. We there, um, the employment rate was so low that there is a unemployment rate that we expect because it's it's marginalized people who aren't going to work. Uh-huh. And and here we were under that. So that was a tough tough time to find staff. And um uh and I just I had a whole bunch of people working part-time for me, fitting it in for an extra little job or while they're in school or something. Yeah. So that's what this reminds me of because it was so chaotic then um with unrealistic expectations for work and and now I'm I'm we're we're in a similar situation of unrealistic expectations because it's it's chaotic out there. No one where knows where we're going to land. Yeah. Um, because everything is changing so fast and so drastically. Now, in in the 2000s, did everything shift right after 9/11? Um, it 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 fell through the bottom of the floor. Okay, after 9/11. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were doing pretty good up until then. I was seeing a shift, and and there was a ton uh, of things going on um, business-wise. But then, um, 9/11 happened, and then it was crickets. I have a here is an interesting. Um, it's not just. Um, Restaurant types of jobs that are having this issue also. I'll give you another example, which I think that you'll find fascinating. Um, The medical community um, is having a really difficult time um, hiring um, uh, doctors and even, you know, physician's assistants and uh, nurses practitioners at this point. I have a friend Mm -hmm. of mine who... um, uh, you know, works. He's an ER doctor um, and a client of mine, and he was uh, telling me that they're sh- so short-staffed, and these doctors are having to do double shifts because they're so short-staffed. And you know, where they're contracted to do like um, 128 hours a month, Jackie, and they're doing like over 200, 250 um, hours in a month. Um, uh, plus their private practices and all that other stuff, because they just can't get um, uh, the people to come in and work for them. And I said, why? And he said, these new doctors are, you know, that that graduate from um, uh, from medical school, you know, think that they're going to, um, uh, you know, it's like poof and instant private practice. You know, they either want the full private practice and instant customers, you know, or patients um uh or they don't you know they want to sit at home with mom Mm -hmm. you know it's this very interesting um uh uh circumstance and i I wonder if um you know one of the things i think that I, i don't think anything happens by accident and i often question what is the purpose for donald trump 
what is our purpose for this? Um, uh, I did, and you know, we've we've talked about this, you know, from the perspective before of, I think that America may need to see a dose of its darkest reality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that he may represent the darkest aspect of all of us. Um, um, uh, which, you know, if that's the case, honey, we're, we're, we're just horrible people. We need a spiritual cleansing. <laughs> um, the whole country um, does, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, uh, go to go to CoventryCreations.com right now, get the spiritual cleanse, the cleansing candles, and start working on yourself immediately. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, uh, and Jackie will hire some people to get those candles. Because <laughs> could you imagine? That? Well, also, you know, it's it's so yes, I am in agreement with you, and I I want you to finish your statement, and I want to follow yeah. it up with something. Um, but but I I think that having to look at you know you know there is it, it's kind of like we are all wanting to be in this weird bizarre reality show almost um, mm-hmm. you know we have a reality TV president um, you know it, it's like if we're not the Real Housewives of um, of uh, a Ferndale <laughs> yeah. well, you know, you know we don't want to do it um, so so. I want to throw something else out towards you. Okay. When we were in some of our first jobs, Mm -hmm. it was suck it up, buttercup. This is the job. Deal with it. Everybody's got to start at the bottom. Mm -hmm. We had to deal with bullies at school, bullies at work, jerk bosses, um, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But now people are saying no to that. I'm not going to work in this environment. I am going to. So people who got tired of that environment started creating new environments to work in. The the um, millennial generation as bosses came in and started making changes. And um, and folks aren't putting up with it anymore. So as an employer, my retention program, part of my retention program is that I want. Um, a different, um, I want a more positive experience working here because I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be stressed. And so we, we've created a different environment and people are requiring a different workspace, a different work environment. I think that's that's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, do you think that we, you know, this is just a question that I have for you. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there might actually be a little bit of an entitlement issue? And I didn't mean from the word entitlement as in the benefits that we should receive, um, you know, like Social Security and mm-hmm. um, uh, and I believe in universal health care, but um, some people don't. Um, uh, and I think it should be an entitlement. Um, but do you think in regards to expectations of life, that we might have a large entitlement issue. Yes, and here's why. And I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, because we, you know, as a mother, I taught my daughter, because I was learning it at the same time, uh-huh. that life can be filled with joy. Look at all of the positive messages we've been sending in the self-help books and all this other stuff. We're in the middle of it. We're talking about it. So, of course, our children are going to talk about it, too. Uh-huh. Why is that a bad thing? Why is it a bad thing to say um, to, to say spanking is child abuse? 
why is it a bad thing that that says we should not be punishing our children by by hitting them? Mm-hmm. You know, the problem with these kids today, they don't get spanked. Is that really the problem? Um, because we're you and I. Uh, well, actually, uh, baby boomers, and then and then we're Gen X, yeah. We're and we're Gen X, but we haven't had um, a war where the majority of the country is dealing with PTSD issues. Yeah. So the whole generational thing is absolutely fascinating to me, and here's why. The the people that went through World War I raised the people who went through World War II, and and the people who... um, and, and went through the Depression and everything, and then they raised the next generation. Well, they raised this next generation, the people who went through the Depression and, and went through World War II, uh-huh. and and the biggest thing was spare the rod, spoil the child. You have to teach your children how to get through adversity. Uh-huh. And then the baby boomers and they said, where's the adversity? We can do better than this. So they came up and they brought their kids up differently than that. They brought their kids up saying, um, take take advantage of the boon. Mm-hmm. You can do better than this. So so why do we have to, why are we looking down upon people who grew up in a time of peace and prosperity? And yeah. then and who were growing up and then once they got into the world, their coming of age, it wasn't there for them anymore. And we're calling them entitled. So what they're saying is, well, if I can't have the money, I'm sure going to have a good time while I'm doing it. Uh-huh. So that's, I think, some of the difference here is that is that we're they're saying the money's not there for us. So the minimum wage minimum wages in Michigan is eight twenty five. Uh-huh. No, no, I'm sorry, nine something, nine twenty five, something like that. Um, I don't track it because we've always paid more than the minimum wage. Yeah. My starting rate for making candles is 10, which is pretty good. My starting rate 20 years ago was 8. So in 20 years, it's only gone up $2. Uh-huh. Yet rent 20 years ago was maybe 500 bucks a month. Uh-huh. Um, for a decent place, was 500 bucks a month. Rent now for a somewhat decent place is almost a grand. So how how can um, if so if the money's not going to be there, just making it relative. Uh-huh. If the money's not going to be there, then you're sure going to have a better working environment. But yet, people of our generation and older resent that the younger generation wants a better working environment, and they're saying, "No, I'm entitled to it because um, you're not coming through in the money." And it's a new reality. And so I think that's part of it. It's like um, I've watched people stay at different jobs that are not that great and paying because it was great. I mean, people don't, and people talk about it all the time, studies are being done. Folks don't quit jobs. Folks quit bosses. They quit working environments. But do you think also, Jackie, that there may be some form of unrealistic expectation of what employers can do. And I'm asking you this question because I don't know have I ever, thank God, worked <laughs> in a workplace. There is always unrealistic expectations of employers, always. Um, back in the 90s, when I had some of my first employees in the early 90s, 
there was, and I'm in Michigan, so there was expectations of union-style working environments. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I bring in two, $200,000 a year in sales. No union can be afforded here. This is just what we are, right? Yeah. I'm doing all the work myself. So, so there was that, and then... And then later on came the, well, why aren't I making a ton of money doing this? Or why aren't you? Then there was the, you should be outsourcing this to another country. And then, like, well, yeah, not doing that either. So there's always unrealistic expectations. Uh, you should be automating and, and making it easier for us and da-da-da-da. So that's, that's normal. Yeah. It's just what the expectations are change. Um, because, you know, one of the interesting things, um, I read uh, a few months ago the uh, – I read it before and then I read it again a few months ago. Um, the book is called The New Codependency by Melody Beattie. A friend of mine was just telling me about that. Yep, T- talk to me about that. What she talks about in the book is her original ideals for codependency. Um, uh, uh you know, which was our attempting to control other people and having no boundaries and mm-hmm. um, our lives ending up being chaotic because of this need to fix uh, the people, places, and things around us, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was a serious problem um, in, the, uh, in, in the late 80s and early 90s. And I think a lot of the reason why that, that was a serious problem was because of one of the things that you addressed earlier. That was the generation that was dealing with the PTSD and the um, increased in alcoholism and increased in recreational drugs at that particular point. So it wasn't a huge opiate addiction, but um, uh, it was, um, uh, you, you know, street drugs. Um, uh, uh, and then, you know, 30 years later, her writing this new book and looking back at codependency and how it has morphed mm-hmm. um, and uh, how her original ideals in many ways have been polluted mm-hmm. um, and how, um, uh, you know, that the affirmation industry ran around and, you know, coined little phrases like, I deserve to be happy. Um, and then that morphed into things like, I deserve to be happy at everybody else's expense. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Um, uh, and, uh, you, you know, and, and, and that, you know, um, uh, it, it, it's a great book, and it's, it, it's a large wake-up in regards to, uh, uh, to looking at the, simplest, the, the simplistic um, uh, uh, spiritual particular things that we think are necessarily good, which I think a dose of too much of anything is probably bad. Um, of course, absolutely. I was... Um Here's my thing as an employer. I, I'm going to come at this from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I do think we do, as as parents to these children who are not getting the same opportunities that, that we got coming out of high school and college, um, there's a codependency that happens there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I guess there's not opportunities for me to take care of you. There's also a codependency of I want my child to be perfect. Mm-hmm. That's a really weird thing that, that's come out of, of these latest generations. Um, but as an employer, I have to look at that. But I'm more interested in how do I um, attract talent. 
Mm-hmm. And and yes, I have I have base um, folks making candles, but I also need managers, and I need people to work uh, salespeople and customer service people, and 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 some of the um, uh, marketing professionals, etc. So how do I attract that talent? And um, and there is that um, walking that fine line between am I going to be codependent with, with the people around me or am I going to um, create a, a, a place where I attract and build leaders? Uh-huh. I think that's... That's the different. That's the difference. What's going on now, and that's that place where people want to feel empowered in whatever they do. The, some of the the um, expertise and work um, work that I've been reading is about people want to be a part of something meaningful. Uh-huh. There's enough meaningless stuff in this world, whether it's scrolling through social media or watching reality TV shows or being dis- disenchanted with what's going on in your government. That they need. They they need this meaningfulness in their life, and and anything less is not okay. So, but there's this amazing perspective that that this generation is bringing to us, um, and plus they got the bucks to spend. I mean, not not just not not like oh they got the bucks, but seriously though they that's where the disposable income is right now. So we better be reaching out to them <laughs> if we want to survive. Yeah, as a business, so. You know, you know, it it is pretty interesting, and I think that you know a lot of people, um, especially um, uh, when you know, one of the things that I do. Let me backtrack for a second. One of the things that I do when I'm when I'm working with with magic, Jackie, um, especially in regards to. Um, uh, what you know, if something is bothering me, or some other individual is bothering me, and I'm needing to do um, some magic on a situation, you know, one of the things that I try to do is attempt to figure out what it is that they need. Um, where is the lack that's currently happening in their mm-hmm. life, that, which is causing them to possibly strike out? You know what I mean, or right. to act in in negative-based ways in which they are uh, becoming offensive with me. Um, and you know, you coined it lazy witchcraft many years ago. Um, <laughs> but it, it, you know, rather than hexing the crap out of somebody, which by the way, I believe sometimes is probably the best way. Um, uh, you know. Oftentimes, giving them um, working on the magic in a way in which um, you know you're burning something like um, a problem solver with a prosperity candle for them um, to make things you know where they can find the answers to uh, uh, for their life to be prosperous again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, you know, allow. Creating particular things in which you're bringing joy and/or happiness to them, you know, using a um, elemental candle combined with like the happiness candle, um, uh, you, you know, working with them in that sort of way, I think is uh, often better because I think that you know the answer. I think in many of this is possibly us trying to understand one another better, um, mm, rather than yeah. trying to find the the differences of um, uh, along a political spectrum. I'm I'm in 100% agreement with you, and I was just going to say that is that 
um, rather than resist the fact that this is a new generation and, and being resentful for them and calling them entitled, because uh-huh. I really don't think they are. I really, I think that they, they really in many ways, they got robbed because uh-huh. they came of age during um, the biggest economic downturn since the Depression. Uh-huh. And, and so there were no jobs. There weren't. And and now we're in another economic boon, which is why, I mean, for some areas but not for others, I completely understand that an economic boom is never equal state-to-state, situation-to-situation. Uh-huh. I completely understand that. I'm just looking at overall numbers. Um, and that boom began a year and a half ago, if not two years ago. And um, those the, there's always going to be help-wanted signs when there's that economic boom. But but these these folks they got they got gypped. They didn't get the the great start and the entry level jobs and this and that. Those entry level jobs were going to experienced people. Mm-hmm. So there was not room for them so they made their own way and then people are calling them entitled. Well they just they're just figuring out as we they went, just like every other generation. And so if we start to understand um, what's going on again? Self-awareness. If we just become aware of what's happening, and the fact that we're in a big shift, we are in we're in a big shift like like the MTV generation. The the interesting thing, Jackie, that is kind of the converse of what you were just talking about, which may be the experience in, um, you know, a a, a rust belt city, um, in like New York and Los Angeles. The opposite is actually occurring in which, you know, Jackie, today, even with your particular body of experience, say, for example, you were to go and get a job managing some company, the likelihood of them giving that job to somebody that's 25, that they could pay less, Mm -hmm. um, is higher. Oh, agreed. Um, uh, and and the reason being is, uh, uh, you, you know, in areas that are going through booms, uh, a boom, um, uh, it is, uh, it's the flip side. Um, uh, you know, they're not wanting to hire talent that they think is aged um, or is looking at the world in the old way. You know, it, it's this kind of weird dichotomy that's kind of going on in different areas of the, uh, of the country. And the, the interesting thing is that I think somebody from New York City and somebody from Los Angeles really is having a hard time relating to somebody in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They don't under, they can't conceptually understand it, um, uh, you know, because it's not their particular experience. And I think if anything, um, even if we don't understand it, possibly us valuing other people's experiences um, and letting them have their experiences and telling them that their experiences are not wrong, you know, and if they would, you know, if they would have only, uh, you know, voted for um, Jill Stein, God forbid, um, uh, you know, that uh, that life would be more meaningful. You know, it it is so complex and convoluted um, because you have employers who have worked so hard to as in small businesses work so hard to get to get where they're going so it becomes that who am I turning my baby over to who's going to be the new nanny mm-hmm. for for all of my hard work um which is you know my reality 
and mm-hmm. and then um, because that's who's doing the most employment at this time is small businesses. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so and so that that whole risk and and you look at the statistics. I mean, we're, now we're getting into all kinds of economic stuff rather than magic stuff. So so let's flip it to where um, <laughs> what I do and I'm being straight up. I light my candles. I light my attraction candles and my prosperity candles and my mm-hmm. stability candles. I'm going to attract customers, sorry, customers, excuse me, employees that are going to be stable. They're going to help me grow my business. Mm-hmm. That's I'm I'm literally going to do that. I'm going to light the crown of glory candles to it to attract talent. And then when I'm doing my interviews, I'm going to be in, intuitive and insightful as well as ask good questions. And then when I have a big decision, I'm going to pull out my tarot cards. That is that is literally my process because it is a big deal. And so, um, and if I don't have enough um, employees applying for the job, I'm again lighting my candles and I'm doing maybe a clearing or I'm doing uh-huh. divination to find out why because it's it's that that is how I live my magic. It's 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 um, intuitive and logical at the same time. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's one heck of a journey. It, it is, and I think that you, you know it, it's important to um, to continue to light um, uh, uh, attraction um, types of candles. You know, mm-hmm. I have my own um, uh, Motor City Hoodoo candle, you know, which is the Claricolor candle um, that I use to continuously attract um, clients to me. Um, uh, I use other, um, you know, candles to help in addition to the queer and collar candle to mm-hmm. attract the right clients to me. Right, um, right, Because you know, right. I don't just want clients. I want the right clients. Well, and, and when I have employees here and things are going wrong, and I, I light my intuition candle or, or uh, my helping hand candle, or mm-hmm. um, and I say, what do I need to know about this, and open myself up and someone shows up and, and drops a book on how to hire millennials on my desk. Mm-hmm. Or or worse yet, I verbally ask Patty this question and then I see that book on Facebook. <laughs> like, yeah. what, are you listening to me? <laughs> so, Synchronicity is, is probably one of the most powerful forms of wild magic there is. Absolutely. Or or I'm saying, gosh, I just, I got to figure out how to, how to turn, uh, help my, um, my management staff become leaders, and I get a phone call saying, hey, you want to be part of this heroic leadership um, book club that we have? And I'm like, yes, thank you. So that's all part of that magic. I set that intent and say, um, and I light the candles or use the oils or or just, you know, have, have moments of meditation and prayer and go, I need help, and I open up to, to that. That is living the magic. So I think that... Um, I met this gentleman who is starting this olive oil business and importing it from Italy, and apparently it's amazing. And da da da. Uh-huh. So he didn't get a chance to test his olive oil, but and he's he's a retiree from um, automotive supply chain. Uh-huh. And and listening to him, he wants to take these old, outdated methods. He's like, so how do you even get this to people? Because no one's, you know, there's all these, you know. And I'm trying to explain to him this this next generation of marketing. Mm-hmm. And you know, in a quiet way, and say, "Well, this is what I do," and this and that. He goes, "But what about my generation?" And I'm laughing, and I go, "Honey, your generation ain't buying special twenty-dollar bottles of olive oil." 
Yeah, exactly. You know, the, they're going uh, to Costco and getting that five-pound can that's going to rest them. That's going to last them the rest of their lives. Yeah. So, um, and he did not like that answer. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing, and I think that that is a lot of problem in in regards to uh, uh, to not just business but life in general. Okay, is that we're not understanding the wants, needs, and desires. Um, you know, a couple of shows back, Jackie, I talked about the universal principles um, as to why people make purchases, and none of it has to do with wanting your chip. No, they just want to know. They want to experience what you're experiencing, what you're talking about. Well, well, not 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 only that, but I I think that if you, if you're selling something, okay, or you're offering a goods and service, and one of the things that you may be selling are your is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in regards to getting a job, you know, in order to get somebody to buy, you have to activate one of these six universal principles. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it's really interesting. I mean, it is why, you know, the two biggest selling candles are, you know, love and money candles. Um, the reason being is everybody wants to be in relationships and everybody wants money. It's not any... Um, uh, you know, it's not any secret, but it's a universal principle. You know, they're both universal principles. Um, and um, I think understanding what may be somebody else's um, – because I use a lot of um, uh, heavy sales stuff in regards to just trying to understand other people in general. I think if you can learn how to sell to people, you can earn, learn how to really interact with them and understand um, what it is that they want to need out of their lives, which helps you have more effective relationships. Right, and explaining to that people usually make buying decisions out of pain. Yeah. Um, and rather than you, you know, so for example, for me, you know, like you said, you know, I might not be the target audience to spell to to send um uh, to to sell this particular type of olive oil for because I want to go buy the olive oil once. Yeah. You know, um, you know. So you either offer me the lifetime um, package, or you know, you're not going to get my sale. The reason being is that time is an important commodity that I have very little of. <laughs> I know that reality. You know, so um, I, I think that it, that is it. I, I think if people even. One of the things that I always suggest to people that are in kind of a rut, Jackie, and that they don't know what to do and they don't know which direction that they're going in, and um, then we need to, we need to wrap up the show. Is I always suggest to people to get the problem solving. Um, well, three candles because you know I like to work in the threes. I, I taught you well. Three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like them to get an uncrossing candle to get rid of the muck because mm-hmm. I love uncrossing candles even though they stink, but I love them. <laughs> um, uh, you, but it, it, they work amazingly. You can deal with the stench. Because um, uh, I think it doesn't have acetone. What, what well, it doesn't. It it has very little of it. It shouldn't. What is I, the pungent I, odor in it? Asafoetida. Yeah. That, well, no, it's not. Actually, the pungent odor aroma, I should say, on the uncrossing, I think it might be juniper. There's juniper in there. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is a pretty strong um, smell. Um and uh, but suffer through it it will help um uh, combine that with um a problem solver candle because that's mm-hmm. what you need done you need your problem solved 
Um, and then what it is is that you want to attract is what it is that you want. So I burn those in those in in that particular order um, in regards to attracting it. But the uncrossing candle is one of my go-to candles. I don't care if I smell horrible, girl. It works. <laughs> you know, sometimes you've got to take some of the bad cough syrup to get rid of the pneumonia. <laughs> Well, there we have it. You know, so, um, uh, no, it really doesn't smell that bad. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, it's just a, it, I, I think more so than anything else, it's not what you expect. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, therefore, you know, it can be a little bit overwhelming at first. But you get used to it, buy yourself a case. Um. <laughs> I love the smell of the uncrossing candle. So um, that's personal preference at this point. Yeah. Um, it, it really, really is. You know, the uh, what, what candle of yours? Oh, you know which candle I absolutely love the smell of? Hmm. Out of My Way. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, absolutely love the smell of the Out of My Way candles. Um, see, uh, I'm not a f- fan of lavender or rose at all in any way, shape, or form. And interestingly, you have a spray bottle of it. I know, but see, I'm, I'm in the minority on yeah. that, so it's okay. I share. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, what What may be the scent that is good for me may not be the scent that is good for you, but use it anyways because it works. <laughs> yeah, it could, but it works, so there you go. You might not like the smell of dawn, but it works. <laughs> right. We have got to go, Jackie. I know, um, we're all done. Go over to Facebook and check Jackie and I out um, until our website is back up. Uh, you can find Jackie at Coventry Creations. You can find me at um, Astro Gossip on Facebook um, and check us out and uh, follow us on Twitter and anywhere else in the universe that you want to follow us. And Jackie, what do they need to do in the meantime? Keep it magic. Speak less, everybody. Some days life feels perfect. Other days it just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. Do it crazy, amazing. We can turn our hearts through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak life.
like fire. Hope will fall like rain when you speak life with the words you say. Raise your thoughts a little higher. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm-hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer.